the skill set to start a company is drastically different than the skill set to run a company. Most entrepreneurs and founders fail because they don't get out of the way because they don't realize that the innovation and the visionary that you need to start a company to get investors on board to excitement is not the same skill set to run a company that's moving. My concept of the warrior journey, and by the way, a warrior is not necessarily a Navy SEAL or Marine. It's, it's a mom working, single mom working two jobs, trying to hold everything together to get their kids to go to a good school. A warrior is that person that works in the Starbucks because they can't afford an office and they're you know, using every last penny they got into their business. Warriors are people that are engaged in struggle and conflict and grow from it. Three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's your host, the Small Biz Chat Lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, America's number one small business expert, and I'm so excited to welcome you to another edition of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. We have an amazing show today. Now, here on the Small Biz Chat Podcast, we talk about how to start and grow successful small businesses. And my guests have amazing insight to share from multiple angles. Now, we think of the Small Biz Chat Podcast as a peer-to-peer mentoring opportunity for you. So I want you to listen close, take notes, because my guests are going to give you invaluable advice that is going to help you take your business to the next level. Because here at the Small Biz Chat Podcast, our mission is to end small business failure. Now it's time for me to introduce my guest, Zachary Green. He is a serial entrepreneur. He is a veteran. He is a firefighter. He is an international best-selling author, and he's the founder of MN8 Loomware Foxfire, a company he grew from the trunk of his car into a $30 million company in organic sales. He's also the CEO of Warrior Enterprises, LLC, and he coaches entrepreneurs around the science of growth that comes from challenge and adversity. He has been featured in numerous publications in Entrepreneur Magazine, and he was named Entrepreneur by the governor of Ohio, John Cash. And for more information, you can go to warriorleader.us. Zachary, thank you so much for being on the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Melinda, I can't tell you what an honor it is to be here. I've been a big fan of yours for a while, and I, I can't believe I'm on your show. All right. Now, I want you to tell us your origin story. How did you start your first business? Well, you know, it goes all the way back to kindergarten. I always knew um, I was different. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. The problem is my teachers didn't uh, appreciate my differences. They called it ADHD when you're in school. And I went to seven different schools from grade school or preschool to high school. Now, it's funny because they call it multitasking when you get out of school. And they're like, oh, this guy's a great multitasker. He's got great energy and everything. So I... um 
always loved our country, always had a deep appreciation for the Marine Corps. I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school while I was still in college. And it was really, really difficult. And one of the things I realized going through boot camp and officer candidate school was the kids that really had it rough growing up, the ones that grew in the coal up in the coal mines of West Virginia with dirt floors or the projects of Philadelphia or the slums of New Orleans, they thought boot camp was great. They got a nice, comfortable bed. They got three meals a day. And I'm like, where's my mom? I miss my mommy because. I was so spoiled. My mom literally laid my clothes out for me my senior year of high school. So like this was a shock. And that started me this concept of this warrior transformation. What makes a warrior a warrior? And it's iron sharpens iron. It's going through those challenges and that diversity to make you give you that rhino skin. And I got out of the Marine Corps in 1999. And a couple of years later, September 11th happened. And I felt tremendously guilty that I, I turned my back on my brothers and sisters and I wasn't serving anymore. Um, at this time, I was climbing up the corporate ladder at Eli Lilly. I was doing brand development, marketing for billion dollar brands, really learning a lot about sales and distribution. So I joined our local fire department and uh, became a volunteer firefighter and I got lost in a fire. It was a horrifying experience, total blackout disorientation. And I wanted to invent a product that would help other firefighters see each other in the dark. And I developed this glow-in-the-dark material, started selling it out of the trunk of my car, made like 5000 bucks in six months, eventually went to a trade show. And in three days at the trade show, we booked $100,000 in sales. The problem is that we was me, myself, and I. Um, I had no more money because I just spent all of it. I had no way to produce those orders. And... I figured it out. I refinanced my house, maxed out my credit cards, took loans out, eventually uh, worked with a venture capital firm and uh, was able to grow the company to, to where it is today. But boy, it was not a pretty, pretty site. It was a lot of, a lot of downs along those ups and it was a real uh, whirlwind and I just learned so much through this process. Now, I know a lot about your personal story, Zach, but I, I want you to walk us through sort of like, you know, what happened when your business really started growing? Like you had those problems of, oh no, how am I gonna fill these orders? Then you got pretty big. And and what happened to you as a course of running your business when all that stuff started going on? Yeah, so there, there's two things. First of all, never confuse revenue with profit. Um, I was just mentoring a guy today that, that makes hot sauce and he made like $25,000 profit last year. And now he wants to get his product in every store. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to make three or $400,000. And your profit margin will probably shrink down to single digits. And that may not be the right thing. The other thing is the skill set to start a company is drastically different than the skill set to run a company. Most entrepreneurs and founders fail because they don't get out of the way because they don't realize that the innovation and the visionary that you need to start a company to get investors on board to excitement is not the same skill set to run a company that's moving. My concept of the warrior journey, and we see this, and by the way, a warrior is not necessarily a Navy SEAL or Marine. It's, it's a mom working, single mom working two jobs, trying to hold everything together to get their kids to go to a good school. A warrior is that person that works in the Starbucks because they can't afford an office and they're, you know, using every last penny they got into their business. Warriors are people that are engaged in struggle and conflict and grow from it. 
And the warrior journey eventually will have a crucible. And the crucible is that crisis in your life that everything that you've prepared for up to that point is not enough. It could be a drug or alcohol problem. It could be an abusive relationship. Or in my case, it was a business failure. And in that crucible, at the bottom of the crucible is the abyss. And the abyss is where darkness and death and, and sometimes even suicide lies. The longer you stare into that abyss, as the great philosopher Nietzsche said, the eventually the abyss will stare back. And if you don't get out of that soon enough, it's almost impossible to get out of it. My abyss was the fact that I was selling so much product, but we weren't focusing on cash flow. And again, being the ignorant visionary, not listening to my CFO who's like, slow the sales down because there's this cash conversion cycle. And that's the time it takes for you to spend money to get profit. Just because you sold a product doesn't mean you're getting paid. You still have to get paid. Sometimes they extend payment terms. Sometimes they don't pay you at all. Sometimes you got to sue to get paid. And in our case, we had these massive deals that were 30, 40, 60 day terms. And I go on vacation, I get a call from my CFO and he says, Zach, I'm sorry. And I'd listened to Laurie I, earlier that she said is, can the CEO go on vacation? I hadn't been on a vacation in five years. This is my first vacation. I'm like, I'm checking off. This is going to be great. Three days into the vacation, I get a call from my CFO saying that we're three days away from bankruptcy. We're going to have to liquidate the company. I would have lost my house. I owed over 180 grand to American Express. I would have had to declare bankruptcy. Um, my wife, that was a very successful OBGYN when we started the business, stopped working to, because the business was doing so well. We were in trouble and I had a panic attack. Thought it was a heart attack, but it was my body's way of saying, hey, it ain't working. You gotta make a change. And what happened for me is to get through your crucible, you have to conquer what got you there and you have to transform and change. My transformation was resigning the CEO from my company, from my baby that I created, that I grew, that I nurtured, firing most of my leadership team that were my dear friends and people that helped me along this journey bringing in a new CEO and giving him the rights to row to the company. And by doing that, we went from literally a couple million dollars a year in revenue to almost within months, 10 million plus dollars a year in revenue. And then I, as the founder, focused being more of the visionary, more of the spokesman, more of the, the, the name and the face of the company. And, and I told him, I said, the two things I want, I don't want to know who's getting hired and fired. And I don't want to know how much money's in the bank. I want to just focus on what I do best. Well, you know what? I, I just want to applaud you because it takes a lot of doggone courage to do something like that. I mean, really, uh, to recognize your own human limitations and say, you know what? It's not worth me trying to kill myself learning this on the job. Let me bring in another professional and step over to what I really do best. And I think there's a lot of business owners out here I'm so grateful that you just told that story because I think there's a lot of people who are out here having panic attacks and they still having them because they weren't smart enough to get help, to get professional, you know, to use their accountant as a business advisor, like to, you know, to listen to their attorneys. Like, you know, these people are trying to help you. But sometimes I think sometimes as, as business owners, we had to fight so hard to grow our businesses that we think we're right. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, and it's hard. It's hard when you get humbled in a situation and then you have to look at yourself and realize that who's always at the scene of the crime? You, right? So you have to step aside. And, and I just, I just want to applaud you because 
that took a lot. I, I can't even imagine what it went through to see somebody else sitting in your big chair in, in your old office. I mean, that had to be tough. But wow, you know, look at how much you benefited from doing that. Now, when when you decided to turn things over and bring in a CEO, how did you do that? Like, how did you search for somebody? And, and how much did you tell them about how much trouble you were in when you were searching for them? Well, I think they kind of knew, and that's, you know, both the curse and the blessing of having investors and other people on your board is sometimes they can see things differently than you. Um, the analogy was used earlier by Laurie about this being your baby. It is. And I'm sorry, you cannot disconnect the fact that if you're a founder, that that's your baby and it will be your baby. And to compare it as, as a parent, you've got a kid that's really messed up and everyone else can see that your kid is abusing drugs or doing bad things or something, but you, he's your baby. You can't see anything that's wrong with them. And eventually you have to give your baby up to maybe to college or to kick him out of the house or do whatever. And it's the most difficult thing that you could ever do. But at the end of the day, the way that that kid is going to get saved is for you to step away and allow somebody else and them to take their wings and fly. And a lot of business owners will never do that. And, you know, we've all heard the numbers of like 80, 90% of businesses fail in 10 years. I would venture that the main reason that happens is because of the founder doing something and not allowing that secession plan to come out. I would 100% agree with you. Businesses go out of business because people don't fail to plan. They just that people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. And then they forget to keep planning. That That's one of the biggest things I tell people. It's like, look, you know, when is the last time you really looked at your business strategically and not being in reactionary mode, but being in strategy mode, like thinking about what you want to have happen in your business versus letting your business sort of like happen to you, right? Now, How many companies in, in 2020 thought that everything would be the same 2021 and 2022. Right. Hello, COVID. Things changed a little bit, right? Now I'll tell oh. you, we did the best business we ever did in the history of our company in the year of COVID because we were able to pivot very fast and adapt. But there's a lot of other companies that never made it out. Oh, absolutely. There was a whole bunch of companies that got caught flat-footed completely. So didn't know how to sell online, didn't have an email list, didn't have really good systems, didn't know how to use technology effectively. I mean, it it just it just took the knees out from up under so many people. Now, I know that out of all of this that you've learned, you created another business, right? Warrior Enterprises LLC. Tell us about how you went from, you know, transitioning into a different role in your company to deciding that you wanted to coach and mentor other entrepreneurs? I think it's amazing if you read Greek mythology or old, old stuff, even biblical type stuff, that they all have the same characters in that journey. You always have a hero. You have kind of like the, the love of the hero. You've got the support of the hero. But in almost every one of these journeys, you have a guide. You have that person that's coaching the hero, the Socrates, the somebody, the Plato that's saying, do this or do that. I've been the hero in this journey for a long time. Now, the good thing about being the hero is you get all the awards and you get all the accolades and all of that stuff. But the other thing is you get a lot of scars and you get stabbed in the front, you get stabbed in the back and it hurts. And what I told people is the best analogy I had in my business is nothing feels better than a nice warm bath. But if half the bath is boiling water and the other half is freezing cold and you get into it, it's not comfortable. 
That's what entrepreneurship is. It's the highest of highs, but that doesn't balance out the lowest of lows. And so what I want to do is I want to be now the guide in the story. I don't want to be the hero anymore. I want to show the hero how to avoid those arrows that are coming at them, how to take the right path, how to do the things that I did right and not do the things that I did wrong. And that really is where my passion is now because my joy, and I'm, I'm working with several companies right now, ranging from very small startups to very significant size corporate Fortune 500 type companies. When they win, we both win. When I win, it's just me. And there's just something, I don't know if it's that I'm a parent now or whatever else, but there's so much a better feeling when you can coach somebody to be successful than just do it all yourself. I totally agree with that. I mean, I remember when I made my transition to being the small biz lady, oh gosh, 13 years ago, don't tell anybody. But um, I mean, it, it was different when I went from just making it about me versus making it about my mission everything got more clear to me when I did that. So I can completely appreciate that. Now I know that you say that there are three questions that every entrepreneur should ask themselves. What are they? Yeah, it's real simple. So the first one is, have you solved a problem in a unique and elegant way? At the end of the day, you're not selling features and benefit, you're solving problems. And some of the best entrepreneurs are the one that solve problems that you didn't even know you had. Okay, the second one is you have to have an unfair competitive business advantage. Not illegal, not an ethical, but unfair. We're very small. You can, you know, quantity becomes a quality when you're talking about money and you're talking about people. We don't have that option. And I go back to one of my favorite stories of all time of David and Goliath. David beat Goliath not because he was stronger, he beat him because a, he didn't do what Goliath said to do, and B, he used his strengths against Goliath's weaknesses. His unfair advantage was his speed and his tenacity. So that's the other thing that I tell people is you got to really have an... Now, what is an unfair advantage? Well, I'll tell you right now, it ain't a patent because most small businesses spend so much time focused on the patent, they don't realize that it's not worth the paper it's written on unless you have probably seven figures to defend the patent. Exactly. And just because you got a great lawyer and you defend it, all the judge has got to do is wake up on the wrong side of the bed and check this box instead of that box. Not only did you just lose all that money, you're paying the money for that other company. And by the way, the person probably violating your patent has a whole freaking office full of attorneys that are on salary that will just grind you down. Spend that money on advertisement, on, e on, on SEO, and on those other things. The third and most important one is you got to have kick-ass sales marketing distribution. I mean, it's got to be awesome. It doesn't matter how good your product is. It matters how good your branding and your marketing is. Freaking bottled water. It's hundreds of billions of dollars. It's free. It's water. But it's marketed and it's branded and it's distributed by, guess who are the two main water, uh, ones that have water? Coca-Cola and Pepsi. That's right. You know? The pet rock, you guys remember that back in the 70s and 80s? It's a freaking rock. It made millions of dollars because it was in a cool little box and they had commercials about have your rock play with your friend's rock. The Snuggie, dumbest idea ever, billion dollar brand because they had great marketing distribution. So if you can answer all three of those, I don't care what your performance looked like, I don't care what your finances look like, Show me those. I'll build a team around that to make you successful. But if you can't answer those three, 
There ain't much we can do to help you other than try to figure out how to answer those three. That is some really good advice. Why do you think it's important for every entrepreneur to face a little bit of adversity? So I had this incredible honor a couple of years ago. I got selected personally by President Obama to be one of 10 people to represent the United States at the Global Entrepreneur Summit. We had 40 countries representative with 10 entrepreneurs from 40 countries. On our panel, we had Mark Zuckerberg, we had Travis Klocknick, we had the founder of Uber and all these things. And their question came out was that exact question that you just asked, Melinda. And why does it have to be so darn difficult early on? And every one of them said universally, it needs to be that difficult when you're working out of your garage work because it's only going to get harder. As the great philosopher Biggie Smalls once said, mo money, mo problems. And I'm telling you, man, it is so spot on in business. You just keep adding zeros onto your problems. So as these guys were talking about the struggles of just making payroll when they had two or three people, and then he's like, imagine when I got $3 billion of revenue and what we're doing here. But in that struggle is where you grow that rhino skin. And that struggle is where the warrior starts to train. And it's interesting, when I was in Marine Boot Camp, which is arguably the hardest boot camp there is, not just probably in the US, probably anywhere. Every week, it got harder and harder of the training, but it felt easier and easier. And the reason why is because it was so difficult those first early weeks that you started to get used to this, getting up at 4.30 in the morning, working out, getting yelled at, getting harassed and all this other type of stuff. It's the same thing. There are no shortcuts. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Now, why do you think that people as business leaders need to transform and change in order for their businesses to grow? You are the business and the people that you work with. So the people that you start with are not the people you're going to finish with. When you start a business, you don't have money, but what you do is you have energy. And so you're going to get a lot of people with a lot of passion but aren't a lot of talent. And how do you know that? Because they'd be working for companies that pay a hell of a lot more than you could pay them if they had the talent, all right? But they love your idea. They're following your why. But as you start to move up, there's this concept of regression to the mean, which everybody starts to regress to what the average is. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I know I done a good job when I walk into my board meetings and I'm the dumbest, most least qualified person in the room, I'm like, yes. You know, then I know that I've, I've got something going on good there. So that that's the first thing. You got to evolve and change and you're going to get better and stronger, but you're going to have to constantly swap out the bench and start moving those C players and bringing in B players and A players and other type ones that you can afford because they're going to bring with them a wealth of resources and knowledge the one thing that you can never, ever compromise on, though, is the values of the company. And that's really the goal of the founder is to make sure that the values are intact, because as things grow, you'll start to lose your values. And that's the one thing that when I do interview people that are working for me, I'm the last person to interview them. And all I'm looking for is fit and making sure that there's somebody that I would enjoy working with and they're not going to ruin because you can take someone that's highly talented that doesn't match your values, they will ruin things very, very quickly. I couldn't agree more. You know, it's almost like how everyone used to say that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I think fit will, will you know, fit and, and alignment of values will, will ruin a business or grow a business depending on how well you hire. What is the best business advice anyone's ever given you? It's real simple. It's, um, it's hard to win. 
Um, it's easy to give up when things get tough. That's easy. All you got to do is say, I'm done. But if you're going to stick it out and you want to remortgage your house to keep the company alive and fire your friend and go through all that other stuff, that's the hard stuff. But, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. And I think the greatest piece of writing ever meant, and I'm not going to take the time to say it, but please Google the poem Man in the Arena by Teddy Roosevelt. That poem is the poem is should be the Bible of all entrepreneurs. And it basically talks about if you're in the arena, at least the fact that you tried and even though you're scarred and you're battling, you're bloody, you've at least done something. Not the people that sat in the cubicle farm that you used to work with that told you you're an idiot for leaving the big cushy company to go off on their own. Because even if you fail, you at least dared greatly and you experienced something that they never knew how to experience because they didn't have your courage. All right, Zach, what's your favorite podcast? Business Wars. It is absolutely fantastic. They have very professionally put together, very well produced, and it goes into um, all the wars with big companies, famous companies, and it's just fascinating. Love it. All right, what is your favorite business app? No question. I was actually using it on the break in between your guests. It's Fiverr. Uh, it's the gig economy. You can literally get a whiteboard explainer video for five or ten dollars. Um, I saw other ones from big advertising companies that were twenty and thirty thousand dollars. You can get websites, logos, brochures. It is unbelievable. Love it. And then Zach, what's your favorite old school marketing tip? Don't sell features and benefits. Sell solutions to your clients' problems. I love it. I love it. Exactly. Sell solutions. People aren't buying stuff. They're solving problems. What's your favorite business book? I'll go even older school than Laurie and go with Ayn Rand Atlas Shrugged. It is a very, very long book. It's a very intense read, but it is the Bible of entrepreneurship, capitalism, and what makes America such an exceptional country. Love it. Love it. Listen, thank you so much. Melinda, I'm sorry. I want to change. My favorite book is Becoming Your Own Boss in 12 Months by Melinda Emerson. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable book. I highly advise it for anybody that's watching this. I love it. I love it. Zachary, thank you so much for being here. I think we have all learned a great, great deal from you. And I just appreciate so many things about you. Thank you so much. Check out his book, Warrior Entrepreneur. And thank you all for joining me for this episode of the Small Fish Chat Podcast. If you're still working on your digital pivot, please check out all of our offerings over at Small Biz Lady University. You deserve to make the money that you need to make online. And we've got all the tools over there to help you with it. And the last thing I want to tell you is I want to leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday for more fantastic information and interviews. You can find more sources and small business success strategies by visiting Melinda's website, succeedasyourownboss.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>